You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Once again, for Southern Fried Sports, right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, part of the 247sports.com network. But we're here, right here, right here with you weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The softball-themed treats last week were a big hit. Looks like they will continue on, as does the Alabama softball team, following a big weekend at Rhodes Stadium, winning the SEC Tournament Championship for the second time uh, in the last nine years, I guess, or so, right? 2012. You know what happened the last time, Alabama? Won an SEC tournament that it hosted, right? You know what happened? The biggin', the biggin'. But Peterbrook Chocolatier, they can take care of all of your chocolate needs, all of your treat desires out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60 bit of boon. Woo! Of Sports Talk Radio. Jacob, a noted. Highly recognized NFL enthusiast. And best I can tell, as we get into a winners and losers edition of Southern Fried Sports, I guess all 32 teams, or at least the teams that had rookie camp over the weekend, they all won in the NFL draft. Jacob, because everywhere I look on my timeline, everybody looked great, right? It was just a great weekend of these camps. And imagine that. Guys in helmets and shorts looking great, looking amazing, even Jacob. Well, I mean, you know, you can you can look good as long as you're not Kadarius Tony being forced to wear no number eighty nine. Uh, ah, <laughs> but but overall, I mean, there's no expectations. What are you going to do? I'm I'm still just as hyped as I was a month ago for Najee Harris being a Pittsburgh Steeler. He looks excellent in black and gold, and I'm sure every other fan feels the same. Yeah, exactly. Najee did look good, but you knew he was going to look good. You know, you watch the guy the last four years with an emphasis on the last two. Come on. You're going to put him in that scenario and he's going to look bad. No, I'll tell you what's good to hear, though. And we had sort of a rash of this. It seems like more so four or five years ago. I think the 
the NFLPA and the owners maybe got together on this. Remember how they would have the draft like one weekend and then the very next weekend you would have rookie camp? And it seemed like there were numerous injuries. I know Dante Fowler uh, uh, of the of the Jacksonville Jaguars at the time went through some of that, had an e-injury in one of those uh, rookie camps not long after being the Jags' first-round pick in a particular uh, season or a particular year. And it just seemed like there for a while, it was like guys had shut down the training you know, in the lead up to the draft, and then they would go so hard partying or just having a lot of fun, as they should, during the draft, right after the draft, and then, bam, throw them right out on a practice field and expect them to work at a high tempo, at a high pace. That didn't seem to work so well. It looks like they're giving them a couple weeks now in between the draft and those rookie camps, so that's a good thing, I would say. Hey, 205-342-9904, that is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, we have plenty of room for you. We are not guest-free on this Monday because at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by the latest addition to the University of Alabama football roster, Jack Martin, transfer from Troy, originally from Dothan, Alabama, couple of really strong seasons for the Trojans. First, primarily as a kickoff guy a couple of seasons ago, but then really blossoming as a punter for Troy in 2020. In fact, Troy, I believe, led the country in net punting in 2020. And so a nice pickup. Jack Martin, a scholarship guy at Troy, signed with Troy out of high school in 2019, actually had committed to South Alabama Flipped to Troy just in the lead up to signing day, I guess it was, in 2019. And he's walking away from a scholarship at Troy to throw his hat in that punting ring at Alabama. So uh, Jack Martin, not afraid to gamble a little bit. But he's gambling, obviously, on some really nice ability. Also some value in all three areas of kicking the football. He has done kickoffs extensively at Troy. He has punted. Uh, he can also help you in terms of depth where field goal and extra point is concerned. And I know our Hank South there at BamaOnline.com here in the last day or so has caught up with Jack himself and really good stuff right now for our VIP subscribers there at BamaOnline.com. Thanks to Hank South. But we'll talk with Jack ourselves here on the program coming up at the bottom of the hour. Again, big winners from over the weekend. You got to start with Alabama softball. Uh, Alabama softball with the SEC tournament championship win. Three days, three W's for Patrick Murphy's team. Now winners of 13 in a row. And none of you people would have imagined that after the second loss to Florida here in Tuscaloosa all those weeks ago. That had the look of a team that could be in dire straits, at least in terms of some of the staples of what you've come to expect from Alabama softball with the injuries, with some of the COVID stuff going on. You were talking about an Alabama team down a couple of three key, key pieces, not only in the lineup, but also where the pitching staff is concerned, but you know what can pick up all of that in softball, a dominant, dominant, dominant pitcher. And that's exactly what Montana Fouts continues to be. 
sets a new SEC tournament record for strikeouts over the weekend. Phenomenal in every aspect of pitching. Rise ball, drop ball, in, out. However you want Montana Fouts to do it right now, she can absolutely do it. And as importantly, if not more importantly, one of the more elite competitors you will ever see. And think about the batteries that Alabama athletics have had over the course of the 2020-2021 athletic calendar year. How about Mac Jones and Devontae Smith on the football field? And then in softball, you've had Montana Fouts and Bailey Hempel, an all-time scenario in both cases. And Bailey Hempel, a historic weekend in her own right. She gets her 61st home run, sets herself apart as the standalone leader where home runs are concerned in program history. And Montana Fouts, so much for that co in the co-pitcher of the year thing, right, in the SEC. I think she took the co out of that. And as we talked about last week, with the SEC softball awards, there isn't an MVP. There's a player of the year, which Bailey Hempel was certainly deserving of. There is a pitcher of the year honor, which Montana Fouts was definitely deserving of. But if there was an MVP in the 2021 softball season in the SEC, hard to look away from Montana Fouts. And she was, as we know, the MVP of the SEC softball tournament. And really a team, though, getting it from those unexpected sources that we alluded to earlier in the program. Taylor Clark. A month and a half ago, did anybody have Taylor Clark as an SEC uh, all-tournament team selection? No. That's exactly what she was, though, over the last three days, four days, for Alabama softball. Alexis Mack, the consummate table setter. Hempful, what she can give you in key spots, not just in terms of production, but the clutch home run late in that Tennessee game on Friday night. Uh, and then you just know what you got. You can say what you want. You play a lot of different sports in your life, and you understand it. When you've got that person in the center of the mix of everything and is performing at a very high level, but not only that exudes the confidence that he or she knows she's going to dominate every time he or she goes out there, that spreads across your club. Confidence breeds confidence. And I think that's what you're seeing as this win streak just continues on and on. And now you've reached a point with the NCAA tournament. You want to keep that streak going. Yes, yes, there is double elimination scenarios in play. But right now, as great as Fouts has been, you still worry about some potential, potential scenarios down the road where you would rather not tax her more than you really need to. Now, Murph kind of surprised me a little bit in the SEC tournament, running Montana out there three straight games. But when you got an individual performing at a level like that, I don't know how you don't give that person the, the ball, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a pitcher in softball. Um, she's just, right now, she just does not feel like she can be beaten, and she proved that once again. That arch nemesis, the Florida Gators, made them look rather ordinary, didn't she? On Saturday night in that championship game. So there you go. Alabama softball among the five SEC teams to attract top five, top eight seeds 
for the upcoming NCAA tournament. That means Alabama is the number three seed, of course, will be home for as long as it is involved in postseason play. He had those five SEC teams right now. They're top nine, the five in national RPI. So it makes sense. In Tuscaloosa, you're going to have Clemson. Very impressive, 42-6. and six. ACC regular season champions. RPI a little low for 42-6. and six. Clemson at number 20 in RPI. Whereas Alabama will go into postseason play or regional play as the number one RPI team in college softball. But you're also going to have Troy in town. You're going to have Alabama State in town. So there you go. Alabama softball continues to roll. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Alabama baseball, on the other hand, drops two of three at LSU over the weekend. Got to figure out a way to get Peyton Wilson going again. He's been really good for the vast majority of this season. But there were struggles really for the top of the lineup in general. Got to get Peyton Wilson and Will Hammeter going again. I think they were a combined three for 25 in Baton Rouge. Peyton was one for 13, left seven runners on base in the game. One loss on Friday night. Alabama had 13 hits on Friday night, scored one run. That pretty much explains to you or tells you that a team struggled with runners in scoring position, and that was the case. Alabama won for 11 in that Friday night loss. Uh, you saw Connor Prelip for just an inning yesterday. Obviously, the ace or the projected ace of this Alabama staff, he's had the injury issue. It's really limited him to uh, just a little bit of work throughout the 2021 campaign, and he just worked an inning and in, in starting against LSU yesterday. Strike out the side in that lone inning, but gave up a two-run bomb between it all so things to still figure out for brad bohannon's team especially where pitching is concerned and again top of the lineup just need to get those guys going a little bit alabama now at 12 and 14 in the sec overall that's a half game up on georgia which hosts old miss coming up this weekend really good old miss team in athens game and a half or two games up in the loss column on lsu and kentucky uh, LSU will be at Texas A&M this weekend. Kentucky also on the road at Vanderbilt. Of course, Alabama gets a Mississippi State team in Tuscaloosa that surprisingly dropped two of three to visiting Missouri over the weekend. Missouri now 7-20 and in the SEC after taking two of three from a top-10 team in Mississippi State. We're going to take our first break. We come back more winners and losers from the sports weekend. We'll also continue to talk some Alabama football with you, maybe some rookie camp insight as well when Southern Fried Sports returns on a Monday, presented by Peter Brook Chocolate here, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. Ed. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a partly sunny sky, the high 83, mostly fair tonight, the low at 63. Tomorrow we will mention a small chance of an afternoon shower, otherwise a mixture of clouds and sunshine, the high back in the low 80s at 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 79 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or Download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. 
right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. So anyway, it's Saturday night around 11 o'clock. And the chocolate lady and myself, we have settled in for a mid-May slumber. But we've got that oldest daughter that lives out in Honolulu, you know? And so right at about 11 o'clock, we get a FaceTime call. And it's different with the daughters than it is the sons. If you got both and they're older, you probably know what I'm talking about. The daughters, they're big FaceTimers. It's not enough to text or talk. You know, that's fine. I want to see them. Not saying that. It's just like when you're in a crowded restaurant or something and you get a FaceTime call, there's nothing more obnoxious than FaceTime person in a crowded environment, is there? I'll put it right there in the top three of the most annoying people instances in society today. And don't have their AirPods in. You know, just got that volume cranked up. Like, everybody gives two squirts about your conversation. They don't. It's obnoxious. Anyway, it's just us, though. So it's okay in this instance. So it's about 11 o'clock, and we're about to fade out. And here comes this call from the oldest daughter in Hawaii. And uh, she's letting us know that she's at a skydiving place out in Oahu, on Oahu. And that she's about to jump out of an airplane at 13,000 feet. No, about an hour or so. So now, now it's 11. And she's not jumping till midnight. So we got to stay up, right, to make sure she doesn't end up a grease spot somewhere out there in the Manoa Mountains. We didn't make it. We fell asleep. But then you wake up at like 3 a.m. and now you're checking your phone for a text message or something. Just anything to let us know it went okay. Nothing. Nothing. I just don't see. She did not get the urge to jump out of a perfectly good airplane from her old man. That much I can assure you. Or her mother, best I can tell. I've never been one to want to jump out of an airplane or bungee jump. I asked a question on Twitter today. Would you bungee jump or skydive? If you had to do one of the two, which one would you do? I mean, I don't want to do either. And the crazy thing about all this, you know who she may have gotten this from? Now that I think of it, Jacob Harrison, guess who I would blame this on in terms of DNA when I think about this? with the oldest daughter pops it all goes back to pops jacob i was just about to say it too (laughs) you know you've been around long enough now you know pops like four or five years ago in his 60s he's down in daytona beach with his friends maybe some alcohol involved i'm gonna guess there may have been some here okay he decides he's gonna bungee jump off daytona beach from about 250 feet. Maybe that's where it comes from. I blame everything on Pops. But uh, the good news is all went well with the tandem jump at 13K. And uh, we're, 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 we're happy about that. We're happy about that. Other winners from over the weekend. How about Dickie Pride? Tuscaloosa's Dickie Pride, UA alum, wins on the PGA Tour Champions. Had a close call with the win 
in Birmingham a couple weekends ago. Didn't work out, but rebounds over in the Atlanta area yesterday to win the Mitsubishi Electric Classic. 270000 to Dickie Pride. More importantly, though, or as importantly, not a lot more important than making two hundred seventy k in a week, but the opportunity to add to that total now because he is exempt on the PGA Tour champions as a result of his win over the weekend through the 2022 season. Pretty strong credential for Dickie Pride when you consider that he has now won on all three of the primary men's tours, the PGA Tour, the Corn Ferry Tour, and now the PGA Tour Champions. Now, Dickie was pretty much a Monday qualifier on both the PGA Tour, also the PGA Tour Champions. He was picking up some sponsor exemptions along the way, but he t- he qualified for the Mitsubishi Electric Classic on Monday of last week. Had to had to get through the qualifier just to be in the field, and then he cashes in for 270k and an exemption through 2022. How about Shaheem Carter? We were talking earlier about the rookie camps or the mini camps around the National Football League. Sounds like Shaheem Carter made good on his opportunity with the Houston Texans over the weekend. He is now signed with the Texans. So good for Shai in that regard. You know, a lot of buzz coming out of our camp with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, making his practice debut over the weekend in Jacksonville. Apparently, they didn't want to risk anything with that surgically repaired non-throwing shoulder, so even snaps he didn't take from under center. There was a lot of talk about Travis Etienne, the Jags' second first-round pick, working at wide receiver. Well, you know, if there's a time to do stuff like that, it's rookie camp because what do you got out there, 15, 20 guys anyway? So you probably need a guy like that to play some wide receiver just to be able to get your work in with your quarterbacks. But it definitely lines up with what we talked about with Travis Etienne in the eyes of Urban Meyer. What Urban Meyer sees is a very fast individual who you can use in some ways reminiscent of Percy Harvin 10 or 12 years ago down there at the University of Florida, 2008, 2009-ish for Percy Harvin down there. So something else to keep an eye on as we move throughout the offseason. Hey, we're going to step aside to a break, and when we come back, Jack Martin, new addition to the Alabama special teams units, and he can impact all three if it comes down to it. And look, I know some people hear this and they say, look, it must be a real slow news cycle if we're getting into punter talk. And it was kind of a punter weekend. Over at BamaOnline.com, not only Jack Martin making his intentions known from the transfer portal going from Troy to Alabama, but we also had your top five opposing punters on Alabama's 2021 schedule on the website over the weekend. We were punter heavy, and yeah, you see that, and you think, man, must be the middle of May. But I will say this, in this particular instance, I think it's an important pickup because lost in the historic performance by the Alabama offense last season was the fact that still, still trying to find a legitimate successor to J.K. Scott. Now, give younger brother Charlie, 
Scott, credit. When Alabama needed him to do the job, he came through with an emphasis on late in that win over Florida in the SEC championship game. First of all, he just didn't need to get that punt blocked there with Alabama up six and under a minute to go. But not only that, he hit a high hanger with distance directionally to the boundary that allowed for Thomas Fletcher. You had Devontae Smith down there getting double teamed as a gunner and able to really pin Florida deep there late in that win of the gate went over the Gators and everything kind of took care of itself from there. But this may not be the historic offense for Alabama that we've seen not only in 2020, but 18, 19, you're talking about an Alabama team that's looking to average 45 points or more for a four straight season. They've done that in each of the last three seasons. Alabama has averaged 45 or more per season. Not sure that's going to happen in 2021. And with that, I think the importance of the punter ramps up a good bit. You're thinking this defense is going to be, at least by today's standards, dominant. So you want to make good use of their presence, pin offenses deep, flip the field more consistently. And Jack Martin's a guy a year ago, again, Troy led the nation in that punting. So I think it's a really nice sort of under-the-radar pickup. And when you look at the transfer portal to date, Alabama's really hit it in all three phases of the game. Jamison Williams on offense, coming in from Ohio State at the wide receiver position. Henry Toa Toa at linebacker from Tennessee on the defensive side. And now in your special teams with Jack Martin. And we'll talk with Jack when Southern Fried Sports returns right here on Tide. 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BOL with you. Weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon. As promised, we're going to head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now and check in with the newest addition to the Alabama Special Teams units. A guy who could impact numerous areas of that phase of the game for the Alabama Crimson Tide as early as the upcoming season. Jack Martin joins us now. Transfer from Troy University. Jack, first and foremost, welcome to the program. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Really excited about it. Now, we have a common tie, don't we, with Brian Jackson, who has worked we with do. you we do. Yes, personally sir. throughout yes, the years? Sir. Yes, sir. Me and Brian, we've been together for a while, and I actually remember uh, I actually remember seeing you at a few of the kicking camps I'd, I'd go to. And then actually, uh, your daughter, I kind of keep up with her on social media, and I think, if I'm not wrong, really, she's playing at, a, at uh, Hawaii. Is that correct? She played basketball at Hawaii, and absolutely I remember those camps with uh, Brian oh, yeah. Jackson and, and his outfit. Now, both of you guys are Dothan guys, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, we are. So I moved to Dothan, uh, going into eighth grade, and I kind of picked up uh, the kicking game. 
in seventh grade. And so it all kind of worked out to have a kicking coach in my hometown that you can go and work with. So it worked out. Brian's great. No doubt about it. Uh, does a super job and former division one kicker in his own right. And up in the Mac conference was very, very good. Um, so were you a soccer kid? I actually was. So I started playing soccer about three years old. And so I gave it up uh, junior year of high school whenever I, I guess, kind of realized I wasn't going nowhere in soccer and kind of picked up uh, kicking games seriously and thought I had a better chance with that. But gave that up about junior year of high school. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kobe Neenan is another Dothan guy. I know I'm going a little bit. Correct inside baseball mm-hmm. with the kicking stuff here, but Kobe Neenan uh, was another successful Brian Jackson Correct. trainee from the Dothan area. I think he went to Tulane originally, maybe Georgia mm-hmm. Southern, Tulane. UAB. Tulane and then UAB, yep. Yeah. So he's, looking yeah for a, kind of... he's looking for a home right now as we speak, but he was he was at my high school in ninth grade. So I uh, kind of got – he showed me the ropes in ninth grade, so that kind of helped me out a lot too. I got you. So a little bit of a – Little bit of a pipeline out of Dothan, Alabama, to That's the Division right. One ranks. Right. With the, uh, you guys are holding it down down there in the Wiregrass. Oh yeah, we we're trying it. to. We're trying to. <laughs> so let's talk about your path to the University of Alabama because I know you coming out of high school in 2019 uh, there in Dothan in that area. Uh, mm-hmm. You signed with Troy. You had other suitors. I think South Alabama and some others were very much involved with you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. got off to a good start at Troy, I guess, kickoffs your first season. Um, and then this past year, really, really strong performance, punting the football. You're a scholarship student athlete at a, a very solid division one program, FBS program at Troy. Uh, but is it the lure of Alabama, a place like Alabama that, that in your mind, makes it a shot you have to take, even if it involves initially, at least a preferred walk on opportunity. Mm-hmm. So really the Alabama thing, obviously Alabama's Alabama. You can't, I mean, you honestly can't get any better. I mean, that's the best of the best. So, um, that is, that does play a big part in it, but really for me, I believe that for Alabama, that kind of gives me or made me want to go there was really just opportunity, especially to, especially just to play. So I, I kind of base it off. Everybody wants to go to school and play with the best and all, but I feel like this is a great opportunity for me and myself, not only just because it's Alabama, but for my future as well. Because my main goal, I mean, every player says this, but I mean, it's to play, play in the NFL one day. And I believe this will, this will definitely help me and add this to my resume would help. You talk about your resume again in the 2020 season, right there at the top of the FBS standings in terms of net punting. What do you attribute that to? Obviously, you were a part of a, a good coverage unit. I'm guessing your coverage mm-hmm. guys at Troy did a good job, but hang no time, doubt. No doubt. your ability to directional punt, um, what all goes into that to, to pull off that type of number? So actually, uh, when I was at Troy, um, I actually didn't start punting the first few games. And so uh, I, I think I took over about game four. And so everything really clicked for me. So I was, I was kind of recruited to be a field goal kicker and kickoff guy. And um, actually, whenever I got to Troy, uh, kind of worked at all three, and then they threw me in for the punt thing. It all kind of worked out, and everything was clicking. And Because uh, really, I haven't known exactly what I'm best at. I've kind of wanted to narrow it down instead of doing all three, kind of narrow it down to two skill sets. Because, I mean, 
there's rarely any anybody who uh, does all three and nobody who does all three at the next level. So I felt like it was about time to kind of find something that I was best at and kind of focus on that more and spend more time on that. But uh, everything was really clicking with clicking for me this season. We hear about specialization in sports a lot of times, and typically we relate that to how many sports uh, a young person plays. But you just said it, within punting and kicking, there is sort of that reality at some point, whereas you might be a field goal, extra point, kickoff, and punter uh, up through high school. It seems like there comes a point where uh, you know a decision has to be made in terms of mm-hmm. which which of those routes you're going to go. We know Will Reichard, also out of mm-hmm. high school a couple of years ago, he was that kind of guy, punter, kickoffs. No doubt, um, no doubt. Field goal, extra point. Uh, how how tough is it to maintain that balance? Because the, the motions and the techniques are, are pretty different, aren't they, when you talk about punting and, and playing? They are. They are punting and field and kicking and uh, kickoffs. They're all completely different motions, and, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it is really challenging to balance all three because uh, punting is almost more of a straight swing, straight swing up and down, and then field goal kicking is obviously swing across. And so it's kind of hard, especially in the game, to go from just the transition, transition uh, mentally, knowing what type of swing pattern you want to do. So, and I mean, you're introducing the next level, there is nobody who does all three. So it's best to kind of focus and uh, tune in on a certain skill set. So based on your performance in 2020, I'm guessing Alabama's attention and Alabama's attraction to you starts with punting, but could there be some other elements in play? Could you be asked to provide depth or or maybe compete for kickoffs or provide depth in place kicking? Yes, sir. Actually, uh, so what they really need to play for, obviously, obviously nothing's really given, especially in Alabama, you go with uh, punting as my first priority, and then uh, so they want me to uh, compete with kickoff, and then uh, as a backup uh, kicker. So when Just you get something happens to Will, yeah, Will's had the injury in the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. you know he did some kickoffs last year. He kind of split that. Looked like at the end of the year he was feeling better about that situation maybe mm-hmm. and kind of cut it loose a little bit more against Ohio State in the national championship game. But people hear workload, and I think they think about LeBron James or NBA stars, you know. Yep. Um, but but also in trying to be that guy that handles multiple roles in the kicking game, people hear this and they probably chuckle to themselves if they don't understand it. But you got to manage your workload in terms of – whether you're Will Reichard or you're you, or in terms of how exactly. many balls you put on your leg daily, right? Exactly, because really it doesn't look like much, especially in the game. Because I mean, we really only get uh, in the game, but really constantly throughout the game we're kicking. I guess stay stay loose, and then in practice we're it's almost, it's almost like a pitcher in baseball. You can't you can't pitch every day and pitch on that. So I kind of think of it like that. Now, did you grow up an Alabama fan, Jack? Actually, uh, actually, this is kind of funny. I'm actually, uh, I grew up a Georgia fan. Both my parents went to Georgia. <laughs> so it's a tough one for them to swallow. Oh, there you and go. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a big change for me, but I'm excited. There you go. 
Hey, um, so how did the process work? Because we've all heard about the transfer portal. I, I know you, you, mm-hmm. you put your name in there. You do those respective administrative steps to make that happen. But mm-hmm. talk us through kind of how it worked for you and maybe the time frame and some of the teams and schools and programs that that you came into contact with and, and going through the the portal. Is it is it a situation where the phone just starts ringing and you're kind of – wondering who might be calling and you don't know until you pick it up? That's kind of how it is. So really, it was kind of like a learning process for me because I knew nothing, nothing about the transfer portal. No clue. All I really knew is I kind of had to go and submit my name because really anybody can go and it it can be up to a two-day process. And so it took two days to get my name in. And um, once I was in, I kind of didn't know exactly – get an email and then um you'll also see on twitter there's an account that announces that you're finally in and then right then there's i i have heard a lot of college coaches they have uh the transfer portal notification set so it's like like for example a special teams coordinator can put notifications on a kicker or a punter any kicker and punter gets the transfer portal and so a lot of them get notified when i was in instantly and so really just a lot of schools started kind of messaging on twitter and then you will get random phone numbers and uh text so, i mean i mean you pick up the phone and then you'll find out who it is or we'll text you and ask a, a few words with you so it's, it's kind of crazy it's crazy it's fun though who initially contacted you from alabama with that interest from the crimson tide uh coach um it's kind of hard to pronounce his name uh because i really don't Savota? know too well just yet yep that's coach right. that's right Drew yeah yep. i got you and um and uh, Coach Galante, he's a, I believe, a grad assistant there. And then there's also um, Todd Watson. He's a, I think, the assistant to Nick Saban. Yeah. So, what what has been presented to you? What in terms of your opportunities coming up at Alabama? How has that been laid out to you? In terms of again, so really, going from a scholarship guy to a preferred walk on, and the chances of mm-hmm. getting on a scholarship. Yes, sir. So I've. I've given up um, a full ride at Troy to do this, but I believe it's a real good opportunity, especially for the punt kickoff route. And so they want somebody, I, they were looking for somebody to come in and um, hopefully play, if not compete, and make everybody better. Because um, also, then again, it is Alabama, so everybody there. Uh, you got to come in and compete. But they wanted somebody, especially for, um, they really wanted somebody who could kind of do all three to provide a backup for Will. And um, a guy who can come in and hopefully play, if not compete, and make everybody else better on punts and kickoff. And uh, so, do what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I believe uh, after talking with the coaches, I believe it's a good opportunity. So that's another reason why uh, I decided to take that over some of the other schools that contacted me. I just feel like it's a good opportunity right off the bat for me to play. So I'm guessing you'll be uh, you'll be in Tuscaloosa here pretty soon. Actually, uh, I'm going up there Saturday. Going up Getting there Saturday, so less than a week. I'm, yeah, less than a week. How about the academic end of this? We never talk about this enough, but but how does that fit you from that perspective with Alabama? So actually, uh, I graduate in uh, two semesters, so I dual enrolled in high school. So I got really ahead with college credit, and I'm on two more semesters. So I graduate with my finance degree, and everything's transferring over well. And um, 
program. So really, there's not much of a change, but a degree at the University of Alabama, which is great. Pretty good business school, as you know, Jack, I'm sure. So oh, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. No doubt. Well, hey, Jack, we appreciate the time, my man. And uh, wish you nothing but the best of the luck, best of luck coming up here. And uh, uh, we'll definitely be keeping eyes and, and ears out for you. And safe travels making that trip. No I'm sure you no know doubt. it pretty well. Up 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 to 31 to to 82, and right on into the University this of Alabama. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, thanks again, Jack. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. There he goes. That's Jack Martin. He's got three years of eligibility remaining, by the way. So that doesn't hurt. How about this guy? He's already graduating with a degree in finance in two more semesters. He just finished his second full year. Or his finishing. Or, yeah, I'm guessing he just finished. His second full year at Troy. You could have given me a decade at Alabama. I'm not sure I would have gotten my finance degree. (laughs) Oh, but it's a nice pickup. It's a nice pickup. I think most people would agree. And, uh, you know, that transfer portal. Nick asked him, is this what you want football to be? He's going out and cherry picking it to the best of his ability. We're going to take a quick break here on the show. When we come back, more of a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm afternoon with a partly sunny sky, the high 83, mostly fair tonight, the low at 63. Tomorrow we will mention a small chance of an afternoon shower, otherwise a mixture of clouds and sunshine, the high back in the low 80s at 82. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 80 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. kind of lazy didn't really research it just said let's do may song so of course you're gonna have maggie may come on rocket rod you know what else today is too by the way tax day i guess that covid extension right pushed it back a month gotta have them done today man Speaking of the kids, the oldest, our son Evan over the weekend, bemoaning his first 1099 of his life. He got 1099 pretty good. Tax man hit him a couple of K. Oof. 
Oof, that hurts when you're 25 years old, you know? You're kind of planning all that money for something fun. Handing it over to the tax man, that's no fun. Thanks again to Jack Morton. Transfer to the University of Alabama from Troy, punter, kicker. He told you, punting primarily, and it should be, because Alabama ranked last in the SEC last year in punting at 38 yards per boot. And again, understanding that it could be a pretty different team. I'm not saying Alabama is going to only average like 22 points a game or something. I think Alabama will be north of 35, but north of 45, like it's been the last three years. I'm not ready to go there. So you better have your punting game in check in 2021. I think Jack Martin's going to help with that. As he said, win the job or certainly make the competition better. But I don't think Jack Martin's walking away from a full ride at an FBS to come hang on the sidelines for 14 or 15 games. He's smart, too, not only because he's about to get his finance degree in two semesters, but in doing so, he'll still be a true sophomore uh, in 2021 because last year was the free year. And so when you think about the fact that he's going to graduate in two semesters, if he goes to Alabama and he wins the job and he's a guy for three years, great. If he doesn't, he can hit that portal again as a grad transfer. Still have a couple of years of eligibility. So uh, smart dude all the way around in Jack Martin. Hey, you know what, Jacob Harrison? We got some really good feedback about the uh, Waffle House talk the other day, or I did anyway. Folks enjoyed that. You kind of taking us behind the curtain a little bit there at the Waffle House. I had one more question that I didn't get in on Friday, I believe it was. But when the flat grill guy or gal, they go to that little like ladle there in that stainless steel container and out comes some liquid that they use for the hash browns or maybe the eggs. Is that just cooking oil or is that drawn butter? Jacob, do we know? I want to say it's cooking butter or, or yeah. Or, or did I say butter cooking oil? I think it, I think it's just regular like oil. Yeah. It looks so heavenly as they just kind of douse it on those hash browns and everything. I mean, I'm sure it's played a role in staying the stint taking up residence in my right ventricle or whatever it is he calls home these days. But uh, it seems to work pretty well. I did I did wonder about that. That was the, the, the lone sort of remaining question I had for now for you, where the Waffle House is concerned. But uh, good to know. Good to know. I do you know what, what else can. is? You know what else? You know, well, you're a draft and Waffle House guy. I mean, I don't. What else do you need on your program? If you got an NFL draft and Waffle House person, you're set. I mean, the rest of it's easy. Uh, what else is easy and what else is good is that it's PGA Championship Week this week on the PGA Tour. Going to play that one over at Kiowa Island, just outside of Charleston, South Carolina. Had a PGA championship out there before. Rory won that one. Pretty memorable Ryder Cup 
back in the 90s at Kiowa Island as well. So uh, we look forward to JT and the crew out there at Kiowa Island on the coast of South Carolina coming up later in the week. Until then, it's time for the lunch whistle on a Monday edition of Southern Fried Sports. And on a Monday, we're going to tell you about Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Southern Ale House, outstanding stuff. Each and every day, starting with lunch, which it is right now. You're jumping in your rig. You're trying to figure out those lunch plans. Well, it's easy. Southern Ale House, whether you're in the mood for a burger, a sandwich, or you want to go light in the middle of the day with a salad, that chopped wedge, I'm telling you, can't go wrong with it. Get a little grilled chicken on that one. Super, super stuff there at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard. Until 11 a.m. on Tuesday. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody.